Welcome to the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. It's finally Friday. It's Friday. Hooray, it's Friday. Today is Friday. January 5th, 2024, I had to throw the old Friday theme song in there for the first time this year. Hopefully we'll have many, many more Fridays. A few Friday thoughts ahead of your weekend. Donald Trump did not commit insurrection by speaking in a public forum on January 6th, 2021. Now I'm mentioning this now because I won't be doing a program tomorrow, I don't believe, on the third anniversary of the so-called wretched insurrection of Donald Trump, which was not insurrection. Tomorrow is the anniversary of a speech that former President Trump made three years ago tomorrow, well within his rights, his civil rights, his First Amendment constitutionally protected right of freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of press, freedom to protest or petition his government. All of those things protected by the First Amendment to the United States Constitution. He has not been convicted of insurrection or inciting a riot or any other crimes associated with the speech he made at the ellipse across town in Washington, D.C. He simply said during his speech that he thought the election was stolen. He has his right to that opinion. Many Americans still believe the election was stolen. Many arguments and lots of evidence have been brought forward over the past three years to prove that the election was indeed not quite kosher. He knew many people would be marching over to the U.S. Capitol because, well, that's where people march when they disagree with what Congress is doing. People march to the Capitol all the time. And each and every day, just like three years ago tomorrow, January 6th, 2021, people were escorted into the U.S. Capitol by the Capitol Police Force. Now, Donald Trump said he was not worried that something was going to happen, but since naughty, nasty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House at the time, the woman in charge of that building, said she thought there might be some violence, Donald Trump offered the United States military to go out there and guard the U.S. Capitol. 
He offered it not once, not twice, not three times, but four times on the record. And she turned him down each and every single time. Now, why is that? Many people speculate it is because she and FBI plants within the protesters, the mostly peaceful protesters, were out there stirring up the pot, stirring up crap, fomenting violence. Many people who were put there by the Democratic political party, by Nancy Pelosi, by people familiar with Mr. Soros and others, they stirred the pot that day. Donald Trump knew that many people would be marching to the Capitol after his speech, but the problem with this whole insurrection lie is the supposed violence at the Capitol was happening during Donald Trump's speech, not afterwards. He didn't say, okay, everybody, go march over to the Capitol and destroy things and kill people, because very little was destroyed, and the only person killed that day was a white woman, an unarmed military veteran named Ashley Babbitt, who was murdered in cold blood by a cowardly Capitol cop. But that's not the narrative they want you to see, to hear. Never once did Donald Trump tell anyone to break the law, to be violent, to act rashly. Meanwhile, it was during his speech, not because of his speech, and certainly not after his speech, separate groups of people were already outside and inside the Capitol. As I said, many of those people were escorted into the Capitol by the Capitol Police. Sure, there were a few rowdy people that turned over a couple of file cabinets, knocked over a table lamp, and one even dared to sit in nasty Nazi Pelosi's chair. One allegedly broke a window. But at no time did a single one of those protesters assault and batter anyone. No attacks on any Congress people, their aides, the Capitol cops, visitors, reporters, no one. The mainstream slimeball leftist progressive liberal woke media, however, spread rumors and lies and continues to do so, claiming that the rioters were in there killing people. But as I said, the reality of the situation is this. Only one person died on January 6, 2021. Ashley Babbitt, an unarmed Air Force veteran, a white woman, was brutally shot dead in cold blood by a cowardly black Capitol cop in a racist, bigoted, chicken shit, coward move. Because he had a badge, because he had a gun, and because he don't like white people. The hate crime that he committed was covered up by Congress, covered up by the media, and even covered up by the so-called President Joe Biden. Now, all of this being said, remember, Joe Biden has been lying for three years, and today he's giving speeches around different parts of his stomping grounds, trying to tell people that if they vote for Donald Trump, it's the end of the democracy. <laughs> Oh, when you have nothing positive to run on, Joe Biden, all you can do is hurl insults at your opponent. Joe Biden has not accomplished a single positive thing for this nation since taking office. You don't hear him running on his wonderful record. You don't hear him touting his wonderful economics. Bidenomics is a flop, a disaster. It includes Bidenflation. It includes Biden recession. It includes Biden high interest rates and Joe's empty shelves. No, Joe Biden has nothing at all positive to run on in the upcoming election. Donald Trump did not incite violence, insurrection, sedition, or any of the other things the mainstream media would have you believe. 
and he has not been convicted of any of these charges in a court of law, which means, according to our judicial system, he is innocent unless and until proven guilty. Even though several states say they want Trump off Republican primary ballots because they're scared to death to see him on there, some have even managed to have him removed thus far, Donald Trump will have his day in the U.S. Supreme Court, the final arbiter of what is legal and illegal. Trump will be on the ballot in all 50 states and in all U.S. territories, mark my words. The fact that some state court actually unconstitutionally allowed his name to be removed shocked and surprised everyone in America, especially those who sought to remove his name. All they wanted to do was muddy the waters. They didn't think it was actually going to happen, but it did. Now they know that their unconstitutional decision will be reversed in the U.S. Supreme Court because the removal of Donald Trump's name without him having been convicted is, in fact, unconstitutional and goes against the innocent until proven guilty method of justice in our country. The goal was just to keep the name of Donald Trump in the news in a negative light, associated with efforts to keep him off the ballots. They had no idea some idiot in some state court was going to actually pull his name. Oh, they popped champagne and celebrated. The purpose is to keep drilling into the heads of Americans that Donald Trump is illegal trouble. Yet no matter how many stones they throw at Donald Trump, his polling numbers with the American voters just keep rising and rising and rising. Meanwhile, at the same time, his opponent apparent, gropey Joe Biden, the pedophile, hair-sniffing, senile patient, the guy who likes groping little girls' chests, the pervert pedo Pete called by his own son Hunter, his numbers keep dropping, dropping to the ground like a used condom on prom night. Trump just dodged another legal bullet in the state of California this week. Ben Lynch of Liberal Newsweek reports that Trump scored a victory after a judge in California confirmed that a lawsuit to keep him off the Republican primary ballot is being dismissed in California. District Judge David Carter granted the motion to dismiss the case with prejudice on Wednesday. And you know what that means? It cannot be brought before the court again. In finito, finale, over and done with. The ruling stated that the negligent inflicted of alleged emotional distress claim was outside the two-year statute of limitations. The plaintiff who brought the suit said they had suffered severe emotional stress because of Donald Trump in January 2021, the same month that rioters allegedly stormed the Capitol. He was a liberal clown with a liberal agenda, and now the case is being dismissed. You see, previously, California's Secretary of State Shirley Weber included Donald Trump's name on the primary ballot list and even certified him alongside Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, and others. The Democrat Weber, the Secretary of State, had already made up the decision that Trump was indeed eligible to be on that ballot, despite getting pressure from the Democrat Lieutenant Governor of California, Eleni Kunalakis said, I urge you to explore every legal option to remove former President Donald Trump from California's 2024 presidential primary ballot. She said that on December 20th of this year. And then she said something really ignorant. The Constitution is clear, she said. You must be 35 years old and not be an insurrectionist. What she, along with her other Democratic ignorant political party friends, all fail to realize is 
Donald Trump has not been convicted of being an insurrectionist. He is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Kunalakis, referring, of course, to Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, the ugly truth, though, is Trump has not been convicted of insurrection, which means she is not only wrong, she's an idiot. Lawsuits to keep Trump off the ballot are pending in a number of states. He's already been declared ineligible by Maine's top election official and the Colorado Supreme Court. Trump has appealed to the United States Supreme Court, setting up what will be a landmark decision. The all-Democrat Colorado Supreme Court said Trump is ineligible, and they did so in a 4-3 to three split decision after the suit was brought claiming the 14th Amendment bars him from the presidency. Again, Trump has not been convicted of insurrection, so these issues will be reversed and resolved in the U.S. Supreme Court. In his first major campaign event of this year, gropey Joe Biden said today, on the eve of the third anniversary of the January 6th supposed, supposed attack on the Capitol, he's going to deliver a speech near Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, to argue that democracy and fundamental freedoms are under threat if Trump returns to the White House. He is, of course, full of shit. The Biden campaign has billed the location in the election battleground state as being just a stone's throw away from where George Washington, a general, led a continental army and transformed a disorganized alliance of colonial militias into a cohesive coalition united in their fight for our democracy nearly 250 years ago. But George Washington, the racist slave owner, that's the Democrats' words, not mine, would be turning over in his grave today if he woke up and saw what Joe Biden has done to our representative republic. With the Iowa primary 10 days away, Biden facing polling woes for the last three years, he's expected to now start taking a more aggressive posture against Donald Trump. Democrat strategists question whether the so-called threat to democracy message will resonate with Americans now that it's been three full years since Trump was in the White House and Donald Trump supposedly committed insurrection. Views of January 6th have grown increasingly divided along party lines and misinformation about the attack has run rampant, especially in the mainstream leftist, progressive, liberal, woke, slimeball media. The actual video security camera evidence has proven there was no violent clash at the Capitol, no massive destruction, no killing, or even punch throwing. A few people were escorted into the Capitol while Trump spoke across town. Someone knocked a table lamp over. Some files were shuffled onto the floor, and one guy with a goat head was seen walking through the Capitol peacefully. Another guy dared to sit in Nancy Pelosi's desk and put his feet up on the desk. Oh yeah, there was one murdered unarmed white woman killed by a coward black man in a Capitol cop uniform. Moving on, Andy Sanders writes, Americans are paying the cost. Southern border crossings hit all-time highs under Biden. Now, I can keep beating that dead horse, but the problem is the horse ain't dead. It's alive and invading our nation at a record pace. I did the Simple Truth Hurts program math for you just the other day. I won't waste your time or mine doing it again. And before I get into Andy Sanders' report, let me ask you one question. Let's say you own your home, your piece of property. It's built on a large lot, and you come out and you see hundreds of people squatting on your land, crapping on your lawn, stealing your vegetables right out of your garden, pissing in the bushes, littering, destroying things, doing illegal drugs and then leaving needles, syringes, and crack pipes in your yard, raping young human trafficked girls in the bushes. What would you do? I guarantee I would be firing a few warning shots into the air first 
ordering people off my property, turning them around at gunpoint. And if anyone advanced towards me in a threatening manner, well, let's just say I wouldn't be speaking on this microphone today. I'd be defending my actions in court. Now imagine that your yard is the southwest border of the United States. A new report, according to Andy Sanders, says the monthly encounters with illegal immigrants at the southern border have reached an all-time high in the month of December. In fact, the highest ever recorded. This comes after a record-setting 250,000 border encounters in November alone. Half a million or more in two short months. Do the math, people. Half a million in two months means six million in one year. And Biden's been in office for three years. Do the math. The Biden administration's open border policies have faced criticism from conservatives and many Democrats with calls for increased border security. But you see, Biden wants those illegals to come. He needs them to come in. My fear is this. You know and I know, in fact, we all know Joe Biden is not running this nation. He's not running the show. He's too old, too mentally bereft, too feeble of mind and body. He's senile. He is suffering from mental failure. He's just a puppet, just a figurehead of a movement who, behind the scenes, is busy pulling his strings. And if you can't see this as a fact, then you are indeed blind. The movement that is pushing Joe Biden here, there, and everywhere, and pulling his strings, seeks to allow the silent invasion by tens of millions of invading, criminal, illegal, law-breaking, trespassing migrants. They're quietly ushered in, in the darkness of night, into our big cities, our small towns, into rural areas. And no one is complaining, as long as they stay in Texas, right? The number of illegal immigrants encountered by the Biden administration outnumbers our entire U.S. military by a margin of 7 to 1, based on the last two months' numbers. Those are just the ones we caught. Those are just the ones that Biden released into the nation without even so much as a slap on the wrist. No admonishment for violating our sacred immigration and border laws. Nope, not even a harsh word. Biden hands them prepaid cell phones, new clothing, shoes, food, lodging, transportation to the places that his puppet masters need them to go to, where they can disrupt the red states. He needs more Democratic Party votes in southern states. That's why they want them to remain in southern states. It's sort of like a magician using the lovely assistant to dance and flash you to divert your attention. That's what Biden's doing. He's sending migrants where his puppet masters tell him to quietly in the cover of night, by plane, by train, by van, by car, to places they need these illegals to go. Meanwhile, at the same time, he openly decries Greg Abbott of Texas for doing the same damn thing. The difference is, of course, Biden is sending illegals to red states to flood the voter rolls with new true blue Biden blue voters. That's okay with Biden. Abbott is sending them to already blue states and that's bad news for Biden. Biden's been slammed by critics for his comments about, quote, doing something, unquote, at America's southern border, facing unprecedented levels of illegal immigrant crossings. Sources within Customs and Border Protection told Fox News Digital that migrant encounters hit a staggering 300,000 in December of 2023, reaching a level thought unimaginable just years ago. In fact, 300,000 is about what snuck through during an entire year of Donald Trump being in office. This was done in a single month, and it's the highest total for a single month ever recorded, 
and the first time that numbers of encounters have exceeded that 300,000 mark. And those are just the ones we caught and released. With a minimum of 5 to 1 gotaways and a more likely scenario of 15 to 1 gotaways, the number actually exceeded a million in the month of December by far. While walking away from Marine One, the helicopter, to the White House on Tuesday night, Biden was asked by a reporter what he was going to do about the southern border and the record number of migrants going through illegally. Biden answered, Well, we got to do something. They, Republicans, ought to give me the money I need to protect the border. It's all about money, folks. Follow the money. Biden has more money each year of his administration devoted to the border than Trump had. He has more in each year devoted to the border than Trump had in four years. Remember, Congress shot down every border policy that Trump recommended. Everyone shut down the wall, shut down Remain in Mexico, stopped deportations, and started rolling out the welcome mat for illegals to come across unlawfully. Well, we got to do something. The Republicans need to give me money. Mr. Biden, you are a clown. If you ask him why he cannot seem to control the border, that's what he has to say. Meanwhile, Congress has approved articles of impeachment to be filed against Alejandro Mayorkas, Biden's quota hire Hispanic Secretary of Homeland Security, because of Mayorkas's failure at the border. But eight supposed Republicans actually dared to cross party lines and side with Democrats to not approve those articles of impeachment. The answer is why? Why would any Republican side with the Biden administration's disastrous border guru, Mayorkas, upon whose watch tens of millions of illegals have simply walked into our nation? The answer is quite simple. I'll tell you who those eight turncoats are, and you'll figure it out for yourselves. Remember, some people run as Republicans when they can't win as Democrats because a Democrat already running against them is more progressive. So these guys just put an R behind their name in the hopes of being elected. But they're really Democrats in sheep's clothing. The eight turncoat so-called Republicans who voted to not impeach Mr. Mayorkas for his failures at the border include Patrick McHenry of North Carolina, Virginia Fox of North Carolina, Cliff Bentz of Oregon, very liberal state, Ken Buck of liberal weed-smoking Colorado, Mike Turner of Union Heavy Democrats Supporting Ohio. And here's no surprise, Tom McClintock, John Duarte, and Daryl Issa, all of the liberal state of California. I highly recommend that you call the offices of each of these rhinos to express your displeasure with their blind stupidity in this matter. Mayorkas needs to go. He has failed the American people at the southern border. If you live in the districts of those eight clowns, do whatever you can to vote them out in the next election campaign for anyone but them. They are party traitors and they don't deserve to be called Republicans. By the way, House Republicans did successfully vote to begin the Articles of Impeachment against Mayorkas. Now imagine, my friends, for a moment that you are on the playground as an 11-year-old child. Your good genes and heredity have allowed you to grow larger and faster than all the other 11-year-olds at the playground. You eat well, you exercise, and because your daddy makes you do chores and help out on the farm, you've developed more muscles than your skinny little 11-year-old friends. You're stronger, you're taller, you're more agile and more physically fit than all of them. 
You get along pretty well with all of your 11-year-old friends, and they respect you because of your size and your strength and your ability to be a leader. Now, I want you to also imagine that there's this chubby, pesky little eight-year-old mama's boy who always tries to insert himself into your playground activities and games. He's a pain in the ass, loud, obnoxious. He just doesn't fit in, but he wants to. He wants to be a big kid on the playground. The only thing he's big at is being fat. You try and shoo him away, but he keeps coming back. This little fat kid loves to threaten. He picks up some small rocks a few times here and there and threatens to throw them at you, but he knows that if he ever did throw one single pebble, he'd have his ass whipped. And then, there he is again, holding a few pebbles. That's my assessment of North Korea's Kim Jong-un in a nutshell. Now, why did I mention that? Because Jade Harper writes, Kim Jong-un issues a warning of complete destruction of the United States and of South Korea if he is provoked. I'll throw these little rocks at you. Little Rocket Man has issued a stark warning to the U.S. and South Korea, stating that his military would thoroughly annihilate both countries if they engage in provocations against North Korea. This latest boastful declaration comes as part of a surge in aggressive rhetoric and a vow to bolster the national defense capabilities in the face of what North Korea perceives as intensified U.S.-led confrontational strategies. The difference between that little fat kid on the playground back when you were young and this little fat man today is, you know, kids will do just about anything now. There's no respect and they don't care because generally there are no consequences which is why someone like Kim Jong-un might just do something stupid on the playground. As is the case in Ohio yesterday, where a lone gunman, a school-aged kid, walked into a school and killed a sixth grader, wounded four others, and then supposedly shot and killed himself. Someone asked me this morning, Hey Steve, what is the Biden administration trying to divert your attention away from now that they had to trigger yet another mass school shooting to take up all the airtime on the news? A very valid question. If you look back on all of the other mass shootings since Mr. Biden became the president, you see a pattern. Always these things pop up when Biden needs your attention diverted away from something, like Hunter Biden going on trial, or them finding out the laptop was real, or that the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax was indeed a lie. Another mass shooting? Did Biden get caught in another lie? Did he crap his pants on television and that's why the reporters now have to focus on yet another mass shooting? Look, I feel for the family who lost a child yesterday, but let's be realistic. How many Lakeishas, Lawandas, Tawandas, and Tyrones are killed every single day by black gunmen with stolen guns in questionable areas of Democrat-run cities across America? The answer is way more than you're hearing about on the evening news. Biden will not allow the FBI to classify those hails of bullets in the projects to be labeled mass shootings. Why? Well, it doesn't fit the narrative to be able to take away legally owned guns from you and from me. We know the vast, overwhelming majority of gun deaths in the U.S. come at the hands of black shooters on streets with names like Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard or Harriet Tubman Drive or Malcolm X Street or some recently renamed street in honor of some Blafrican activist or reverend, those killings, which often involve multiple gunshot victims, are rarely, if ever, mentioned on the national news. Hell, sometimes it's hard to even see them on local newscasts. Oh, but let one little white kid get pissed off and take his daddy's gun from the safe and shoot up Whitemore Elementary, and whoop-de-doo, we in the media have a story to run, boys. 
Biden would rather continue to push the nothing to see here, folks, move along narrative in the hood, in the projects on the other side of the tracks. Anything to push the woke agenda of DEI down your throats at every single turn. Well, it looks like we've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and have a great weekend. If you're in the New Orleans metro area this weekend, I will be parading in the Mandeville Kings Parade with the Mandy Milkshakers, the women who always bring the boys to the yard. That'll be on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain, 3 p.m. this Saturday. We'll be tossing out Tootsie Rolls and other treats. Go out there and make it a great weekend. I'll see you next time. COVID Supply Warehouse is now the Biden World War III prep store. After five calendar years of lying to you about the China virus, we took inventory and found a massive supply of unbought merchandise that's about to expire or has already expired. But don't worry, we're printing new expiration date stickers and placing them on packages so the dumber people will think they're fresh. Since Joe Biden has now involved America in four wars across the globe since taking office, and since World War III seems to be just around the corner, we've changed our name and our marketing strategy. You'll really need masks now to keep the smell and germs away when the dead bodies start to decay. And you'll really need lots of toilet paper when your hind end starts to spray it. Rubber gloves? We got them. MREs? Yep, we got them too. We've got hard hats, baseball bats, pepper spray, and those little tablets that turn sewer water into drinkable water, just like the astronauts use. Biden will start World War III, and you can be prepared. The Biden World War III Prep Store, formerly COVID Supply Warehouse. Online at bidenstore.com. That's bidenstore.com. Copyright 2023, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. This program is pre-recorded. Thank you for listening. Copyright 2024, the Truth Hurts Program Network, all rights reserved. Background music, Jason Shaw and Audionautics.